That's right, true believers, bone whores, and trash people. It's the head witch wearer of the bonus hours, host of Between the Profound and the Profane. Here to say, man, it's been a while, huh? Hey, what's going on? Uh, it's been a hell of an end of the year here. I got married twice. We've been busy building things in the background, and we've missed a few episodes or two. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about real quickly. Uh, well, we've missed a few episodes, especially here in October. And what I like about October is that we get to do a special episode once a year. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did Monster Fights, and I wrote a quick narrative for Halloween last year. I think we repeated some of the same. And this year, uh, on Halloween, we are producing for you a tabletop RPG set in the Monster of the Week system. That's right. We played Monster of the Week all the way back at the beginning of the summer, and we've been working to find out when to release it and how to release it. And it seems that that answer came to us by itself. So starting on October 31st, that's Thursday, October 31st of 2019, we are posting three episodes to the Between the Profound and the Profane feed on your favorite podcatcher that are going to be Monster of the Week related, themed, an actual play RPG podcast starring your friends from Between the Profound and the Profane. So that's October 31st. 2019 you're going to get three episodes all in the all in the same day that are us playing monster of the week and the good news there is that then you're getting an episode of monster of the week on tuesday every week from now until the end of the year so about 12 episodes of this mini series this pre-recorded mini series of us playing through monster of the week that starts on october 31st of 2019 and runs through the rest of the year. If you guys enjoy us playing Monster of the Week, please uh, tweet at us at the Bonus Hours on Twitter with the hashtag Weekly Bonus Monster, or you can shoot us an email at the Bonus Hours at Outlook.com with the subject line Weekly Bonus Monster. We really enjoyed playing this, and I've really enjoyed editing it all together. It's had to, I've had to learn a new way of editing. So I've really enjoyed it. And if people out there enjoyed, if the listeners out there enjoy us playing RPGs, we'd actually really like to do more of this. So let us know what you like about it at Twitter. Uh, it's at the bonus hours, hashtag weekly bonus monster. And well, I mean, this is either the episode before we post the Monster of the Week episodes, or it's the Monster of the Week episode that you're hearing directly after this. So enjoy this episode, enjoy the Monster of the Week game, and we will see you guys in the new year. Have a good one. And I'm probably going to gush about it a little bit tonight on Mixer.com slash The Bonus Hours, where we stream every Monday night. Uh, but, man, The Outer Worlds has been a lot of fun. If you uh, if you liked, and I don't know if you, because I know you played uh, PC games in like the, the 90s, the mid-90s and stuff. But if you, if you liked original Fallout 1 and 2, 
Uh, this is a really damn good game. Like it, it's it's a three D version of those games. Yeah, I mean, I, it sounds amazing. I've been you know, buying a PS Four. I'd be playing it. I and I really just don't haven't bought it on PC yet. So actually, I'm gonna go look and see how much it is on PC. Right it's got to be about sixty bucks still. Yeah, it's a new yeah. release. Uh, you can only find it on the Microsoft Store or Epic Game Store right now. Okay. Now, I am a little bit, not miffed, but a little sad that uh, Xbox has basically second-party control over Obsidian now. So after this game, yeah. you know, it's going to be a, a PC-locked game for me. Because I'm, I'm most likely not hitting up the, uh, the Xbox One, Two, or whatever they end up calling yeah, whatever they call it. the next system. Oh, well, how about that? <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I have a few negative complaints. First of all, being that you can't, no third person camera, uh, which. Uh, it, it depends on, I mean, how, if you use third person a lot, I would probably not use third person a lot. But Sometimes true. traveling mm, uh, it, it, in more it. open worlds is nicer in third person. Uh, it, it helps cut down on kind of like that motion sick feeling, which. Yeah. Streaming, we're probably going to have to deal with do something about like uh, uh, controller sensitivity for, for that reason because I I have uh, first person games especially on stream are are can be very disorienting yeah uh, because some people pan around way too fast so you got to kind of uh, adjust for that I've had to adjust the controller sensitivity already and I I'm pretty good at panning in most games uh, but yeah uh, the, the the RPG systems are nice and uh, nicely set up. Um, you can overlevel really quickly, uh, which which can lead to not a problem, but like wow, um, I overleveled really quickly. Well, yeah, I think nowadays games are made where like was it just because you stayed in areas for a long time? No, I'm like I'm not getting leveled up, but oh, every time you like I, I'm a level ten, so I've gotten to level ten. But every time you level up, you get a certain number of points to spend on skills and. I I started just maxing out as much as I could, uh, you know, my, my choice skills, uh, handguns and uh, speech. Right. So like I have I have jumped way up in handguns and speech, but I'm still in the level tens and level ten areas. So all of my persuasion checks are like overshooting it every single I one. Think that's kind of interesting though. I mean, like, having <laughs> the ability to. Just be like, I am super persuasive. I yeah. can do things. I, I think that's interesting. It's a, it adds an element of how you're going to play the game. And it absolutely does. Uh, like uh, in, in like Fallout Four, uh, your persuasion wasn't you know people people dump charisma in in Fallout Fours uh, and Threes, but here in the Outer Worlds, uh, you can solve problems with persuasion. They 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 give you the option and the ability. Uh, to solve problems with persuasion checks, and it even will affect combat stuff. Like you can, uh, my my persuasion is so good at this point uh, right now that I have a a tag skill um, uh, on my pers persuasion skill tree or my dialogue skill tree that uh, allows me to every now and then certain types of enemies when I aim my gun at them will just cower in fear. They'll drop their gun and they'll 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 hide from me. Oh, so yeah, it's, it's, it, you're not even really getting the chance to actually uh, really experience the 
that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, not the. It's basically instead of you, everybody's afraid of you versus them being like wanting to interact with you more. Not everybody, but like if I if I enter into a combat, I can. Uh, so, some of the the enemies will still come at me. Like if they're higher level right. or they're a certain type of enemy, you know, like a uh, a, a a a sniper will still shoot me. Right. Whereas like a grunt. If I point my gun at him every now and then, there's a certain percentage chance that he will drop his weapon and cower in fear. Right. So I won't have to fight that guy. I can I can just point my gun at him. He'll run away, and I can turn around, whip around, and take care of these guys over right. here. Okay, gotcha. So I mean, I don't know. It, that seems more like an actual like. Well, it's, it is the same thing as a tabletop game. It's just your roles are better, you know. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's an actual. It's an RPG. It definitely uh, is really leaning in on those tabletop percentile roles and, and things like that. Uh, I just happen to have really heavily maxed this character on very specific things, uh, which I don't like min-maxing a, a, a so much, uh, at least not in attributes. I've never liked min-maxing attributes, but I will min-max the hell out of skills. And just every character I, I, I play, I lean really heavy into certain skills because... Yeah. I, I want this character to be this thing. Well, I want this character yeah, you, to do this job. You're making a character. Yeah. Know? I mean, you don't want the character to be like, oh, I'm a neutral boy. I, 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 bring, I bring everything to the game, kind of. I'm good at everything. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not the greatest thing for a, um, a game, you know? It's just not. No, no. I mean, I've I've ran into people in the uh, three five, factotums where, where, where I never liked uh, I, I never liked factotums because I, I knew I knew one person who who played a factotum and made it uh, jack of all trades but master of them all as well. Like uh, uh, used used factotum points to just do everything, gotcha, uh, gotcha, and, it, and it got very very annoying at, at times. Uh, which you know, some people just build characters like that. Yeah, like that's their goal. Which yeah. you know, I, I can't fault people for playing like that. Um, no, you can't. You can't fault your, someone for playing a game they want to, the way they want to play the game. No, not at all. There are children. I have an open window right now, and I didn't think to close it before we we, we pressed record and started doing stuff. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's always fine. That's right. It's between the profound and the profane, a comedy podcast where friends gather together, trade friendly stories, give friendly advice, try to some learn something new about their friends. And while we're at it, make some new friends. What's up out there, new friends, true believers, bone whores, and my personal army of trash people you're god dang right if you would like to be a new friend or a true believer and maybe even a trash person you can help us out and become one by popping on over to itunes giving us a rate and review five stars really really helps us out please just five stars i make a five stars <laughs> five stars i make a five stars so yes yeah, so if you could uh jump over there do that for us you could also help us out by following us on Twitter at the Bonus Hours. You could help us out by checking out the website thebonushours.com. And if you really, really want to help us out, patreon.com slash the bonus hours. 
We're talking tabletop RPGs again today. Uh, we've done this a couple of times here on our uh, on Between the Profound and the Profane. Uh, I think our last episode where we talked about it was Dinosaurs and Saddlebags. That was an interesting one, though. That wasn't just talking RPGs. That was talking, like, a world. That was world creation, though. Yeah, we, I mean, we did some light world creation. We also talked about some, some RPGs and, and, and our experiences with them. And I wanted to talk about another one. And I think we talked about this one during that episode, if I'm uh, correct. But yeah, we either way, we, def- we I'd like to go a bit more in-depth into Monster of the Week. Um, the episode after this one posts is going to be uh, a bunch of us playing Monster of the Week. Uh, we, we, we did some Monster of the Week gaming back in early summer, probably May or sometime, uh, and we, we, we hadn't really planned on releasing it, but I think that we really should. And, and uh, I would like to have the listeners sort of prepared for what, what they're getting into. You know, some rules, uh, some idea of what the game system is, and just kind of talk about how, how much fun we've had with it uh, outside of recording, as well as, you know, how much fun we might like to have on future recordings. Uh, and just kind of wrap it all up in an episode today about Monster of the Week. Yeah, I mean, I've had a ton of fun. It's just been fun. Every time we play it, every single time we play it, I have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like, and this is from like a DM's uh, keeper's perspective within this game, uh, it doesn't feel as pressured to resolve itself all the time as a D&D game has always felt, from a player's perspective, at least. Because uh, I've never really DM'd D&D. But um, it, there's something about D&D where, especially if it's a story-heavy game or a story-heavy DM or a story-heavy group, there's always a need and a feeling of having to get to the very, very end, no matter what. Whereas this feels satisfying just wrapping up one mystery. It's like, it's, I mean, it is, it is straight up an episode of a TV show. So, I mean, it's, it's, every episode is like, oh, I'm completing something. Yeah. It's not, I'm having to fight through these 15 different challenges throughout a campaign. They would even call it like a, a session. Like a session doesn't, that takes three hours. Um, literally doesn't feel like it takes three hours. Like, you're not battling throughout the whole thing. You're not having to um, worry about, hey, do I have to... um, Do I have to necessarily figure out what's happening at the end of the session, but I have to worry about battling at the same time, and I have this big bad. There is a big bad every episode. So it's not not like you're working to... you are. You are working to a larger picture, but it's not like you're having to work to a larger picture to have fun, you know? There's an option to work towards a larger picture, but the way that the game is built and structured, uh, you could throw together a mystery in one night. 15 minutes. In 15 minutes and bring people together and just play through it in one night. You could have one weekend game, one gaming weekend, and, and, and just fill out a mystery and be done with it. Yeah, I mean, literally, when we played the other night, 
I was like, hey, let's just play for fun. Yeah. And as soon as I was like, hey, let's play for fun, I sat down, and then, hey, I, I had a story kind of in my head, but the first mystery was, how are we going to do this first mystery to interrupt and introduce him to it? And I, 15 minutes later, I had the bed, the situation, what's going to happen, you know, general, general purpose stuff, because obviously being a keeper, you're not controlling the story, you're adding to the story that you know is there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the, the way that, uh, as opposed to a dungeon master in D&D, you're not, like, pulling strings and, and uh, setting forth great machinations of evil beings. You're just kind of initiating this thing, uh, setting up clues in a mystery, setting up the solution to the mystery, yeah. and allowing the players to find their way there. Yeah, I think the best way I... I um, not coming... Not the weird... Uh, not the weird... Whatever. I listened to the Adventure Zone. It, it kind of introduced us to uh, Monster of the Week, but in one of their... Sit down and talk to it. I, it was really talk about the game. Uh, the DV Adventure Zone Zone. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember who was talking about it. I had it had to have been Travis or Griffin, but he he said instead of you being like I'm going to roll to attack, and then the dungeon master says what happens, it's I'm going to go ahead and try to do this. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. Roll to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the dungeon master telling you what happens and giving you the story. It's your actions. You are literally a actor in the part of your keeper, improving the entire story with the main points out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, there, there is not so much of a uh, a. No, I, I, I really enjoy the role to succeed. Yeah. Uh, function of the game. Uh, you're always trying to roll to succeed in every tabletop RPG, but here it's it's already solidified that you've done the thing you're planning on doing before you roll to succeed. Yes. Um, Your actions have already happened. Yes. But the success rate has to. No, this is, so depending on how you succeed or fail, uh, depends on how it, it continues you know it's not oh you just missed punching the guy like it would be in D D. it is you missed punching the guy you take damage for missing and something else has happened yes exactly. that will uh spin itself into a new new direction spin the entire story itself into a new direction spin the mystery into a new direction um, and, and that is really freeing as, as a keeper and even as a player. I've only gotten to play, uh, sit down and, and do rolling as a player once uh, within this system. But it's it's a nice, fun system to play yeah. around in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, not only is it fun, but it's easy. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm adjusting. I, I'm old and busted. Um, but it, it's really easy. It's not... Oh, I have this modifier that adds to this, but I get an extra plus. It has that, but you're not rolling d20, d20, or like three d8s or any. Everybody's got two d6, and it's a it's a bracket. Okay. Yeah, it, it's not like you don't have you add your you know you're cool, you're weird, whatever. But it's never like plus nine. Like it's a simplified simple numbers for a simple. Uh, because the action, the attacking, and the action, and the battles, 
that's not the main point of the game. It is the story. So being able to just be like, oh, I just need two D6s to play this game. I don't need anything else is great because anybody can play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're not dealing with archaic weird dice. Right. And you're uh, beyond not dealing with, like, weird dice. Uh, you're not rolling against some stock dragon or some stock bugbear that somebody pulled out of a book. Uh, a lot of times you're dealing with a monster that somebody pieced together yeah. with uh, what's called tags. So you, you, you pull out of this book, uh, oh, well, this monster has extra armor. This monster has claws that do this. This monster can poison by doing this. This monster can life drain. Uh, and you just put these tags on this monster, and that's it. There's no CRs. You're, there's no uh, being ha – ha no AC, not having to deal with, like, the monster rolling against you. The right. monster either hits you or doesn't. Right. right. And you do have AC. I mean, you have – you have things that like, oh, it's it's not really AC. It just it, your armor prevents some of the harm, like armor would. Uh -huh. You know, it's not armor. Oh, that hit me, but I'm bulletproof. I'm bulletproof, right? <laughs> exactly. And I like that because you don't have to really think about oh how it, it's like I said. I'm going back to it. It's simplified, and simple is good. Um. Just because for the amount of people that don't want to have to sit down and learn, D and D is is there's other rules and I'm, especially three point five and Pathfinder. Yes, I mean there were so many confusing things in there. Five E's made it somewhat simple, but this is this is legitimately the most simple, the most fun I've probably had playing tabletop in a long time. It really is. I mean, there's a lot that goes into understanding, uh, much less playing D&D, &D, that can turn a lot of people off. And in this, uh, what they're still calling the golden age of, of tabletop role-playing games, there has to be other pathways, other entrances into this uh, hobby. Because, yeah, a lot of people watch Matt Mercer play D&D &D on Critical Role, but... And then, you know, much fewer people are then getting into the game. But there's going to be a higher percentage of those people trying to get into the game who play once and don't ever play again because of how weird the rules are. There's three whole books I got to read. I got to find a dungeon master. It, it's a whole list of just problems and things that you have to get over. Uh, I've been playing D&D. I've been playing through. I played 3.5. For about eight years, and then we finally switched over to 5e, about two years into 5e being out. And so I've been playing all together for about ten years or so. It's uh, I still don't know how to play D&D, really. Like, I, I understand how to play D&D. You put dice in my hand, I, I have a character. But I still have to be like, okay, hold on. What am I rolling plus right. what for when and why? Right, uh, right. And I've been playing for ten years, so I, can, I can't imagine somebody just now trying to get into it. For sure. I mean, the whole, I mean, every, you have, let's see, let's go through roles in a battle. You have initiative. Yep. You attack. Yep. You have to roll to see if you, you hit them. Mm-hmm. Then you have to roll for damage. They might have some kind of thing that they have to roll for just in case not to hit with said damage. Yep. Rinse, repeat. Everybody. So there's four steps 
on the low end for stats. Not that I'm talking action surges, anything like that, where you get three attacks in each one. Then you just A, B, and C the attack damage, attack damage. It's, it's too many things to keep track of sometimes. This is, oh, I swing my baseball bat at the vampire's head. Okay, what's the damage that that does? Plus two harm. You have a range. Oh, close. Okay, you're close enough to hit him. Did you, did you succeed? Roll once. You roll once. There's only one number you have to keep track. Yep. Roll two two d sixes and add plus modifier. Yeah. Which is usually no larger than three. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention, your weapons will are, are right in front of you on paper mm-hmm. because they provide simple worksheets for each character that you don't need to have a book. Everything is outlined for you on the worksheet because it, they have limited the skills, the moves, you know? Yeah. But they're easily adaptable, though. You can do whatever you want with them. It's just everything's in front of the player for them to keep track on the story. They don't have to worry about, oh, i got to go reach for a book to look up this spell find out how much damage it does oh this the oh this does half damage now oh crap um all right now i've got to figure that out it's right in front of you there's no extra calculations there's there's nothing going on it's one book uh there is a supplementary supplementary book called tome of mysteries but the monster of the week game is contained in a single book uh that's everything for players keepers and anybody in between um and while I would end the book itself, suggest you read the whole dang book if you're going to be the keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it works just as well as a reference with printed sheets out next to you. Like it, it the book is so concise and simple that you can learn it on the fly. Okay, so I'm looking at the book right now. We're gonna say two two thirds of it is like. The hunters, everything, any situation you could come up with. Wait, uh, hold on. Wait, no, I gotta go back a little bit because there's more that I. Okay, so half the book. We'll say actually, a little bit less than half the book is what you need to know to play the game. The other half is mysteries that they give you to play the game. Oh yeah. They provide you with great mysteries, and those mysteries are simple to keep track of. It's not like you have a whole book of, oh, what does this NPC say? What kind of information does this NPC know? Um, from the, you know, when Wizards is like, hey, these are our new D&D campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, the th- modules aren't as confusing. They're not confusing. They're, they can be used as an overarching story with the same uh, hunter group over, uh, you know, uh, throughout. Or you can use the modules as one shots. Yeah. Where, where none of them are connected, nothing's happening. It's just oh, here's a monster. For, here's a mis- monster mystery for you. I got a book. I got these pages. You, uh, I've got a book. You got some paper. We got we got one set of dice. You need two dice to play a game. Admittedly, everybody's got their own dice just because that's more in, you know easier. But everybody can share a pair of dice. You can play it anywhere. I don't know why we even play D and D anymore. <laughs> I mean, I do know why. Because it's Grandfather Day. It's it is still fun, but it it is what it is, and it's Grandfather Day. Uh, that, that's about it. It's the most it's the most recognizable name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all these things. 
but like we've said before, I, I here on this episode and, and earlier in, in other episodes, people need to understand that there's so much more out there than just Dungeons and Dragons, right. and it takes a while to get over that hurdle uh, of oh, I play Dungeons and Dragons, so I play just Dun- just D and D, but. Once you do, once you kind of spread out, and I think that people should start spread out, honestly, is more of my argument, that people should start here. Start in the Powered by the Apocalypse system. Start with Monster of the Week. Uh, they Powered by the Apocalypse has so many good games within it uh, because it's such a simple plug-and-play system. You can turn it into anything. You can turn it into a Fallout-style yeah. game. You can turn it into a monster of the week style game. You can turn it into a superhero game. Uh, It can be all of these things, and there are systems and books for all of these things already. The Powered by the Apocalypse system that that runs Monster of the Week is the best way into tabletop RPGs. Yeah, I mean, it's been around since 2010. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been there. There has been enough people with it to come up with these. It's open source. Yep. I mean... People come up with things like Evil Hat Productions. They came out with Monster of the Week. I mean, we have Monster Heart, which is, you know, basically Monster High School. Yep. There's been enough time for people to come up with what they want to see that there's nothing you can't think of that you're interested in. You're like, oh, I want to play, like you said, a post-apocalyptic one. It's there. You don't have to think about it. Um, you want to? They have one that's about stuffed animals. So, like, they... The, like, forgotten, thrown-away toys. Like, it, it, you play a race car, or you play, like, a robot, or a stuffed bear, or a sock puppet. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things you can do with it while keeping it super easy. You're, it's just a freeing system. Um, you're not... You're free to do what you want in that system without having to go, Oh, I've got to wait. I've got to spend time writing. I've got to do this. Oh, it, it's... It's it's just easy to jump into. It really is. There's nothing nothing preventing someone from playing it. Yep. I should say. There's no There are faults. There are faults in it whatsoever, but not many. I mean it's little things you're like, Oh, well, I wanna do that but other people have figured those out in their it's like I said, it's open source. So they'll release other changes and stuff like that to fix those things without you having to worry about it. It's just simple. There's it's no simple. barrier to entry. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Sometimes I have the words. Sometimes I'm good at having the words. I'm just trying not to sneeze right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, don't collapse on us just no, I'm not, yet. I'm, I'm good. Get through the last of this recording, and then we're on Mixer tonight. Yeah, that gives me time to just die before. (laughs) Stuff yourself full of some Dayquil and keep on rocking. Yeah, I got Reese's sticks. I mean, I don't think Reese's sticks are going to help with scientist problems. They did already. That's what I I feel of them in there. (laughs) They have chocolate. (laughs) That's my antihistamine. Yeah, that's my Benadryl. That's my diphenhydramine. We got here, like you said, though, from, like, we had talked about running a a magic-style game for a little while, like a magic and monsters and and wizards uh, urban 
we were we were talking about playing a Dresden Files game. Same people, same people made uh, Dresden Files. Made this. Uh, the the uh, Evil Hat uh, Evil Hat. publishes it. Yeah. Uh, a, a different a guy made this. Yeah. Uh, but but like Evil Hat publishes the Dresden Files RPG, and then it was. Right around the time when we were about to gear up and start moving, that uh, you told me to listen to the Adventure Zone and about Monster we- Monster of the Week, and and it, it came all the way down to this, and we've kind of been uh, like we said earlier, there is going to be a between the profound and the profane uh, mini series all about uh, Monster of the Week, all set in Monster of the Week, an actual play uh, twelve episode mini series here on between the profound and the profane starting Thursday, October 31st, and running through the end of the year. And uh, I would really like to expand this this kind of style of podcast because I, I really enjoy the editing that's gone into it, and I really enjoy playing a game and turning it into a narrative. Yeah. It's a ton of fun, um, and this system allows for it so much more than a another D&D podcast. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we've already spent, we have, I mean, well, I should say you have a world. I mean, we have a world waiting for it to just continue everything. So, I mean, it doesn't have to, I mean, we can just keep going. We don't have, I love, I love it. The ability to just keep going. Yeah. Cause it's just so open. Uh, we, you know, we, we've created this. Uh, sort of monster of the week version of Houston, Texas. We call it Hearsttown, yeah. and it, it's been a it's been a ton of fun to play in. We've played a bunch of different games in it from yeah. a bunch of uh, separate and disparate time periods, just kind of m- m- fucking around mostly in this kind of world, and and, and just kind of poking up against the sides and seeing what bends and breaks, and seeing uh, what we can do in this system and in a. Uh, What's trying to become a living, breathing, believable world, uh, an analog to our own, uh, one not like a not a, t- so unlike our own. It, it, it's just got monsters and, and weirdness and magics and mysteries. Um, I mean, we played. I mean, we played games dating back to what was the eighties? Did we do one in the eighties? Yeah, uh, yeah, we did one in okay. the eighties. So we've we've done pretty much a game in every decade leading up to now pretty much after especially after playing the one i did because that that was 2006 right nah uh the one that you that you've been running uh here in the studio uh off mic for ruben and i is a nine is a 96 96 that's right that's right that's right 96 that's a 96 game uh the one that's coming out this thursday is going to be a game set in 96 uh, our first run through one of the packaged mysteries, the one that comes with the book Damn Dirty Apes. Great mystery, by the way. Uh, play tested it myself. I mean, not play tested it officially, but tested it and played it myself. Played it here with the guys, and it's a great mystery. Damn Dirty Apes. It's in the Monster of the Week uh, handbook. Um, uh, that was 86, I believe. Uh, and yeah, then we've was. got the one that we play w- with some of our other friends of the podcast, uh, and they w- they're in uh, 2006. That's who it's 2006. Yeah. I, was like, I couldn't remember if it was me or, or the one I did or that one, because I remember we played so many. I mean, we have storyline enough for us to have backstories. Yeah. Just completely drawn out. I mean, we, 
we I, I'm, I'm glad we did play multiple time frames in this story in this world um, before we even really really started doing what we're going to be releasing mm-hmm. um, just because I kind of feel like I have more of a connection with the world yeah yeah it, it, it helps out a, a great deal actually to kind of fool around in the world you know not uh, not make the history but just kind of get your feet wet in it mm-hmm. and see yeah, yeah. see what where where it will be at when we play more of an official game um, or even just play further down the road uh, for fun and whatnot just kind of what, what, what footprints have we made what has happened here uh, and maybe we can go and dip back into those characters who take place in the in those time periods yeah. I mean, I know I definitely want to. Uh, I, there's a couple characters I definitely want to go back and, and fool around with. Uh, you guys might become aware of the Tim's game, and uh, that's probably... I, I, I really want to finish that one up. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. To Timothy WK is a lot of fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Very confusing as far as names go, but that's half the fun, I think. <laughs> So tell us some of, so a little bit about Hearsthound. Uh, I mean, it kind of depends on what you want to know. Well, we obviously know it's basically an alternate universe sequel. Pretty much, pretty much. So what is the alternate universe? What does that alternate universe entail for the people who want to know, like, what type of world we're in? Um, I mean, magic definitely exists. Um, so there are uh, wizards, uh, witches and all manner of magic-using beings. Uh, There are vampires uh, wandering around. There is um, anything from space aliens to uh, mad scientists who work with uh, spirits and and what we might call gods. Uh, uh, Magimaticians, uh, I I think. Uh, So... It's kind of it, it runs the gamut. There's everything that you could imagine going on in in Hearsttown and throughout this world. I believe. I, I think that this is kind of a. Uh, it's just the kind of universe where every month to every week there's something happening in some city uh, in America or, or or throughout the world. Something mysterious and monstrous is showing up and and running amok and. There are people like the Timothy WK crew who are just people with powers who happen to get caught up in it and become a team. Uh, but there's also um, like governmental bodies uh, who are set up by magic groups and magic societies who, who, who are supposed to take care of these things. Yeah, it's kind of like what if Skull and Bones was a magic society. Sort of, sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a little bit like that. There's, you know, I also kind of uh, have this idea of sort of like modern day battle mages, you know, like like magic riot police or magic police officers, magic okay. cops who don't even look like normal cops to normal people. They're just out doing their job of being magical police officers mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's not like a normal police unit could handle. Uh, you know, if a if a if a wizard decided to start fucking things up real heavy, a a normal police unit wouldn't be able to handle it, and might not even know what is going on. So right. there has to be a separate special division. Special division. Yeah. yeah, I like 
it's just the, the world that's set up. We're we're actually from Houston, so it's very familiar to us. Oh yeah, we can we can make the narrative a little bit more personalized to us. And those those from Houston, well, are, they'll know everything we talk about. They should. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, that, that's that's the goal is to you know you set it where you're from because you know where you're from and. Uh, the, the people who are where we're from will get a you know little special treats here and there, but the people who aren't from Houston or have never been to Houston and its surrounding areas, um, the, the the goal is to bring them here to 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 show them these the, these odd suburban streets and these uh, the, these poor back areas uh, as well as the, the the city streets themselves all the way down to uh, Galveston Island where. Everybody in the Houston area has spent some time at some point. Everybody in South Texas. Everybody in South Texas. Well, actually, everybody pretty much in Texas. If you're going to the beach and you're past, like, if you're closer to El Paso, you might as well go to California. Yes. But if you're in the eastern, oh, we'll say like San Antonio, you know, that area, you go to Galveston, you go to New Orleans, you go to South Padre, these places are... <laughs> Texas beaches, they, they are our location. Yep. So sometimes the names might be a little different. Try not to do that. I like I like having the the what these are type play. You know, we, we are on Galveston Island. This is happening in Galveston. Yes. So yeah. It just it the cities are still there, but the names and faces and beings are different. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like. Uh, you know, wherever we can, I'm going to try to pull from actual locations and places and uh, uh, maybe some recognizable faces, but changed just enough to where we couldn't get in trouble crash, if anything crash. happens to them. Crash Weirdly. I don't know if anybody's heard our Crash Weirdly albums. Hell, he'll exist. Yes, go check out our the Crash I, Weirdly episodes. I feel like we were actually seeing Crash Weirdly in the Hearsthound universe because that's what, our, what happened. That's actually what happened. It was a portal to another dimension. It just happened to be a failing, failing band. Uh, go listen to it. Yeah, go, go listen to episodes 93 to 97, the Crash Weirdly OVA. It's a five-parter. Uh, a little off deal with it, but it's a good story. You know, people like Mattress Mick. Mattress Mick, yeah. You know, because we can't call him Mac, but Mattress, Mattress Mac is such a recognizable and knowable face, uh, at least here in Houston, if not... You know, throughout Texas and and further, you know, gallery furniture is a big Houston thing, and that man's face has been on television my entire life. Entire life. He used to be in a mattress. That man was crazy. He's done a lot for the city, though, so he definitely deserves it. Yes, and and that's part. That's part of it. It's like these, you know. I still have a weird thing where it's it's odd for me when I hear Houston mentioned in songs or or, yeah. or 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 movies or whatnot because we are, while the fifth largest city and a huge exporter here in the country, um, we don't get top billing along with New York City, uh, L.A., uh, even Miami. Like when it's time to show a big ass city, they stole our space shuttle. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. When it's time to show, when it's time to set a grand Grand Theft Auto. In a city, they don't pick Houston for some reason. Well, A, you'd have to drive everywhere. <laughs> and B, you really 
Houston's not the prettiest city. It's a lot of... I mean, there are beautiful areas of Houston. No, Houston's dirty and grimy and... A lot of mosquitoes. The swamp. Yeah. With concrete on top of it. Where people got tricked into coming and filming. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is. <laughs> and that's the truth, by the way. It is. It is. Uh, Houston was settled and created and founded by uh, con artists, just through and through. They put up posters saying, you should come down, it's beautiful down here. So people all over the world, of nation were like, oh, we're going to sell everything, go start new in Houston. Well, they get here, it's all swamp, and like, all, a lot of them die of what, the yellow fever? Was it yellow fever? Yeah, probably malaria. Malaria, yellow, I think one of the two. Because no one could leave. They sold everything. <laughs> they had no choice but to develop their area then or die. So they developed. And we got Houston. Bright outside, but not necessarily sunny. No. <laughs> Real wet outside. Real wet also. And, I, you know, it's, it's that kind of setting that I think is perfect for this. Like, that's the other reason to set it in Houston, uh, is because I think that that setting is perfect for a monster monstrous game a game about death and mysteries and monsters lurking in the darkness um like this idea that i've always had of houston is that it is a haunted swamp with buildings laid over it oh it's 100 percent exactly that and like bringing that up to people who either don't think along those lines or who have never been to Houston is really difficult to get across to them. Where it's like, no, like there are ghosts wandering every street corner and vampires are 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 are, are lurking in, in, in every alley. Like it, it's it's real, it exists. And this game is a way to sort of present that side of Houston, that idea of Houston as this, you know, it, it's it's stolen land. It's con artist land, and it's magical, strange, evil, spirited, haunted lands. Yeah, 100%. 100% exactly that. I mean, we had so many Native Americans down here, um, and like I said, a lot of people died developing it. Yep. There's so much tragedy here. There really is, if you think back and look at the history of Houston, there is a lot of tragedy that happened in Houston. Um, we we, we, We are... A, NASA's here. Yeah. We had that side of the thing. We had, the, like I said, the the the, the, the lying death swamps. Yeah. Um, we're so close to the coast, which was, at this time, we had the 1900s. I mean, the 1900 storm happened here, wiped out virtually all of Galveston mm-hmm. for the first time. I think the first time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, we have uh, just, I mean... There's so much going on. The Alamo was in Texas. It's not very far. There's a lot of things that we can pull from for story elements. Yes. We can utilize without having to really worry about. We know it. We know it. We know it a good bit. We don't have to worry about, oh, what can we make up? It it pretty much helps us right there to make a convincing story. Um, I almost kind of wanted to do like a, a historical fiction Houston Monster of the Week. Oh, like go go back in go time, back in go time. Re- way back. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun, yeah. uh, because the, uh, and that's one of the cool things about this system is that it doesn't have to take place in modern times. Right, right. Like it's so well open that you can play a you know like eighteen eighties 
uh, version of it. You can play one in the Old West. Mm-hmm. You can play one in, in uh, Victorian times or, 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 or anywhere, really. Uh, if you wanted to, if you and you might have to really fuck with it, uh, you could do like a future. You could do one you set could. in space uh, yeah, if, yeah, if you I wanted mean, definitely to. Definitely could, definitely could. I mean, there are, there are. I mean, there are already some like you, like you were saying earlier. Some people have, have made space yes. versions of it, but having having the ability, it's all the same. Uh, it's all powered by the apocalypse, so. Mm-hmm integrating a world into it it's not going to be difficult no uh logistically creatively maybe uh like you said if you want to do future in space now i'm like oh well how is this going to be if we did keep it in her set how would you do it you know you just got to figure it out but it's easy enough to figure out if you have the concept if you work through it you're not going to have an issue over that oh well i have to have these items made i have to adjust these items it's so easy um, this is gonna be that's an overlying word that I've said this entire yeah. episode. It's just easy. It's simple and easy. I love it. I mean, I'd call it the plug and play of tabletops. Yeah, uh, it's it's that simple. It's uh, anybody can do it. Anybody can can grab a book uh, for thirty bucks and and read through a bit of it. Grab two to three friends would be my suggestion. Yeah, I do want to kind of kind of do a one on one. You could run one of these with only one person. There are things that, like, if you want to split off from a group in the campaign and you want someone to have their own experience, it's very possible to just do it. You know? Oh, tonight we only have two people. Oh, well, that's cool. Let's just play this. Yeah. It's not like it's an issue that you have to have your entire party. Well, there should be no real time that you're in dungeons. Uh, r- right. The like, world is in that dungeon. way. In, in the way that you are in a in a D&D where, oh man, we were in the middle of a dungeon at a long rest uh, in between the mini boss and the real boss. And well, uh, Charles can't make it this weekend, so we're down our healer and uh, his, his girlfriend is also not here, which means that we don't have our wizard. So we don't have... You know, uh, half the party or a third of the party. Well, this is weird. I don't know how to continue this. Exactly. It, it's it's not an issue to have down players. Yeah. You you can always adjust. I mean, it is like in the real world. You're not around the same people all the time. Yeah. So it's 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 easy. Which is actually kind of something that I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the way that we've been kind of playing and the game itself is this game is the easiest to just, oh, if I wanted to play with 86 character with the 2006 character and the 2019 mm-hmm. character and some new character, I could just do it yeah. very easily. We could mix and match people from different timelines who probably never crossed paths but I can force them to through the, through this game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's already I've already talked about having some of the characters from the 86 pop up and some of the stuff I want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody should check it out. If you're not into tabletop games, this is probably the one you want to try out first. Um, just because, well, you don't have to worry about learning. It's, it's fun... It's easy enough to get people to be like, "Oh, what do I? I don't, I don't want to learn D and D. Fine, I got this piece of paper. Fill it out. Yeah. Can you pretend? 
Because <laughs> I can. I think we got this. You know, it's... I'm sorry, there's a there's a, there's a car alarm going off. And there is. It's like, I'm like rapping to it in my head. Uh, but it... That's... With D&D, I think that's half the problem is people are intimidated by it. And there's no reason to be intimidated by this. No. No. No, not at all. But, yeah, uh, if you want to check out Monster of the Week, I suggest you go and pick up a book. Uh, you can get them on Amazon for roughly 30 bucks. Uh, you can order them from Evil Hat uh, themselves. Um, or you can, might be able to find one in your local game stores. Do support your local brick-and-mortar game stores. <laughs> support them. I mean, without them, a lot of people wouldn't be able to access these things. No, no. Um, and if you just want to try it out, um, you, we, I recommend getting the book. You have to get the book. Yes. If you don't get the book, you're not going to understand it. You can. Evil Hat does give out a lot of their resources for free in PDF form and stuff like that, but it's none of the none of the rules, none of the like in depth rules. It's like if you if you listen to our podcast uh, throughout playing it, you probably figure out. How to play it? Yeah, but you're not going to get the little in, in, little intricate things that are. Uh, oh, someone's dying out there. Yeah, you have to really. You got to get the book. Like even if you try to play it without the book, just with the free resources, because I think that you could. You could get the book. Like yeah. just get the dang book. If if anything that we're sounding right now sounds interesting to you, uh, I suggest just splurging on it. Just giving it a try buying the book and seeing if you can get a group together for just one game. Just just roll one mystery and, and see how you like it, uh, whether you've played D&D or not. Uh, that is my want and suggestion for you uh, from this episode today. And it's not as expensive as D&D either. No. No, I, I think the book... All right, I've got the book in my hand. What am I talking about? Yeah. And at 25 bucks. Yeah. It, yeah it's it's like, MSRP on the back of the book. Yeah. You look at anything Wizards of the Coast, it's like fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, you're paying 60 bucks yeah. per book, and you have to have three books to run D&D. Yeah, you got to have the Monster Man, you got to have Player's Handbook. Sometimes you even have the Dungeon Master's Manual. Yeah. It's it's expensive, it's daunting, and it is intimidating for people to get to. Monster of the Week is your best friend if those are your, those are your issues. And if you're unsure about wanting to play it, uh, listen to our Monster of the Week uh, actual play that's coming up here uh, on Between the Profound and the Profane. It's Hearsttown 96. Uh, listen to it. See how you like us playing it and then make that decision to jump on this book. Um, if you do enjoy us playing, hit us up on Twitter at the Bonus Hours with the hashtag Weekly Bonus monster to let us know that you enjoy listening to us play through this game and you enjoy this game and uh let us know that we should maybe continue down this train of thought down this tangent that we've gone on for these next 12 episodes this mini series of Hearsttown 96 so if you do like it and if you liked this hit us up at the bonus hours on twitter give us a rate and a review on itunes and come and see us for the next episode. Please do. We miss people. <laughs> Alright, guys. He said it all. Twitter. All that stuff. Enjoy. This has been Between the Profound and the Profane. Check us out every Tuesday. <laughs>